time, I think. Don't be deceived one thing at a time. So uh, to him that has ears to hear means that we need to open our ears and shut our mouth. Come on, somebody. Does that give you goosebumps? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Good to see you this morning. Welcome to Church of Tomorrow. YouTube, we're glad you're on, whether it's today or another day. We're glad you joined with us. We're going to have a real good time this morning because we're going to be speaking about Jesus and sharing truth. So glad you are here. Corporate worship gives us an opportunity to come together in a special anointing. Remember, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. So part of our worship segment is entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And then, welcome to the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Holy of Holies. I'm glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm here. Oh, I just feel so good being here. <laughs> Glory to God. Are y'all awake this morning? Amen. Praise God. Well, somebody is. Put a smile on your face and a pep in your step. Okay. So much for the comedy routine. <laughs> We're going to talk this morning about I can't do it. And this is something that this particular message, I believe, is going to empower you to be at a next, the next level in your life. I believe that you'll be getting something today from God that you can put into yourself. Your soul man will be lowered and your spirit man will be raised. And that God will speak to you individually because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And he has a particular phrase, phase of this or stream of this that he wants to highlight and underline to you. Okay? So expect more than what you are expecting now, and you'll get more than what you're getting now. Amen. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your anointing upon your word. Holy Spirit, quicken your word. You wrote the book. You know it better than we do. So we thank you for unpacking all the different aspects that you have for each and every person, especially this morning and whenever they hear this message. And it's for your glory and for your praise and for your honor. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed by saying, Amen. Amen. Praise God. How about the Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments? Have you ever not stolen? Have you ever stolen anything? Maybe a matchstick. Well, compared to a holy God, that's a sin. We, we can't fathom His holiness. It's way beyond us. But we can try, and we can get closer every day, that He is holy, holy, holy. The seraphim in heaven, these big, huge, gigantic creatures are going, holy, 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 holy. Can you imagine I don't know if there's hundreds, thousands, millions, millions of them. I don't know. But they're all shouting, holy, holy, holy. It's not just a chorus deal, holy, holy, holy. No, it's holy, 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 holy. Because they're still in awe after all these years. 
at the holiness of our God. So let's click in a little bit. Link up to it. Let that pull us along. Have you ever not wanted to shoot somebody in your heart? Not in their heart, in your heart. Have you ever had anything against anybody? Have you ever wanted something that somebody else had? Have you ever desired to do special things with a special person that you aren't allowed to in your heart? We all have sinned and come short of the glory. We cannot do it. And Jesus didn't make it easier. He made it more difficult to pass the law test. He made it more difficult. He said, you know, not only if you just want to murder somebody but you know, and, and do that, but you want to murder them, you have grievance in your heart that you don't uh, want to give them forgiveness, that you don't keep your ideas and your thoughts to yourself instead of letting them go wild. Jesus said, if you've done any of these things in your heart, then you've sinned. And so many times we hear from people, well, you know, if I just thought about it, you know, a couple of hours, but I didn't really want to do that. And so as a result, it's not sin. Well, it sure is. I started to say, hell yes, it's sin, but, you know, some of you get, some of you get the idea there. Okay, now you got it. Praise God. The New Testament commands are stronger than the Old Testament commands because it deals with the heart of man instead of just the actions of man. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Reading out the NIV, other translations say that they would be perfect, adequate, complete. Several different words are used there. For every perfect work. Are you perfect? <laughs> you can laugh, it's okay. We can laugh at ourselves, we can laugh at everybody else. Nobody's perfect. Jesus is the only one. And he told us in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. And I've heard that everybody preach away from Though Well, that means thoroughly complete. It doesn't really mean perfect. It means perfect. Galatians 3.3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being made perfect by the flesh? Oh, you foolish Galatians, you've been deceived. Now, that's some pretty stuff, just hard language there, pretty tough stuff. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? In the New Testament, you know, we think we've got it better, which we do, but we think that we got it easier, which we don't, except for one ingredient. One ingredient, and we're going to talk about that ingredient today. Luke 2, 40, 
And the child Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Jesus grew and became strong. He was a baby. We just celebrated his birth. He was a baby, an infant. Then he was a toddler, and he fell down and went boom. Okay? <laughs> you all get that? He, was, he, he did some of the things that weren't sinful. They're just human because he became all God. He always has been, but he became also all man at the same time, put together, encapsulated. All God, never, never did forget that, never did leave it alone, but he laid it aside, that actions of that. And he put on himself the embodiment of flesh. He fell down and went boom when he was two years old. And back in those days, they didn't have really thickly padded diapers either. Had a cloth wrapped around them. Welcome to the 2,000-year-old tradition that some places in this world today are still doing, unfortunately, for them. He picked his nose. He scratched his hiney. Oh, Brother Dan, I would be saying that. He was a human. Stand up if you haven't done one of those things. We'll let you take the mic. He did things as a normal child. He probably had pimples when he was 13 or 14. But he never cursed his parents or never disobeyed them or never, you know, even when they lost him one time, you know, they thought he had disobeyed or something. He was in his father's house doing what he was supposed to be doing. We have a higher calling than our parents, although we're supposed to honor them and obey them. Oh, that one went real fast, didn't it? We're supposed to obey and honor our parents. Okay, well, there's a couple of you that agree with that. My mother lived to be 101, and I'm convinced of this day that because she upheld her parents as high as she did was a main factor in that. She honored her parents all the time, never spoke a word that I ever heard against her parents. In fact, she would be glad to correct you if you've tried to, anywhere close to it. If the, the pie was burnt or something, she'd correct you on that one. She made a good pie, you're going to eat it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I had one of my grandparents that was that way when she got up in her 80s, still making dinner for a whole bunch of people. Oh my gosh. Jesus grew in wisdom. Wisdom is something that this world knows not of. It's actually in the Bible in the last days that we'll be lacking wisdom or judgment. Wisdom is putting together, knowing how to put knowledge together and taking understanding and putting it all together, making it become manifest. And the grace hmm, of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. Hmm. Uh, John 1, 17, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That is, when you accept him into your heart, you will have the benefits of grace and truth. Let's look, talk about that a little bit. Gra Jesus had to have grace. I said Jesus 
had to have grace, and he grew in grace. Now, so many people, so many people, and I promise you there's people sitting here today, well-meaning, loving people, people going to listen to this on YouTube, well-meaning, loving people, that tie grace up with forgiveness. Jesus didn't need forgiveness. Grace is not forgiveness. God's grace, well, you know, by the grace of God, and we use a lot of terms in Christianese that are not biblical. God's forgiveness is a term called mercy. Mercy wipes away and clears the slate of the previous things. Grace starts when we're born again. Grace starts, God has given all of us a measure of grace, and it's an essential ingredient to being born again. We need to discover what this word grace is all about, rather than just thinking, oh, except for the grace of God, there go I. Well, that may be true, but that doesn't bring much meaning to us. In fact, it gives us an opportunity to actually go astray on the meaning of grace. God, we enter the throne room of grace. Why? So that we may come in time of need. That we may find grace and mercy in time of need. We need the mercy to clean the slate. We need grace to be empowered to go on. And that's what God's grace does. I, I got this, uh, this, this unction from the Holy Spirit years ago that I need to study the word grace. Anytime that you want to define a word in the Bible, a good way to do it is let the Bible define it for you. I'm going to redo that one. Anytime that you want to define a word in the Bible, you may look at letting the Bible define that word for you. So I pulled out the concordance, and I looked up every place in the Bible that grace was found. Don't look very long <laughs> uh, in uh, the Old Testament. If you read Habakkuk, then you've seen it, but that's it. And it's one sentence. has the word grace twice, and it's talk about building. But grace in the New Testament, and I don't remember now, don't, quote me on this, but I think it's about 90 times uh, that it's in the New Testament. And so I went through and read every sentence in its proper place, understanding, setting, etc. And it was so obvious to me that grace is not about forgiveness. That is mercy. That's where His blood paid the payment. That was on the cross. That's essential for our lives. We cannot live without the mercy of God. Period. But there was a resurrection. And that resurrection was a power by the Holy Spirit. Raved, raised him from the grave. He defeated death, hell, and the enemy in the name of Jesus. He defeated the grave. And there's a resurrection power. As Isaiah the prophet said, To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? There's a power that we need. There's an anointing that we need, and that's another term, but it's not the same thing necessarily. There's a time when the Holy Spirit comes on us for special 
gifts and manifestations, but there's also a power to live the life that he's called us to live. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it. And they struggle with addictions. They struggle with habits. They struggle with the old life. They hear there and there go, oh, I don't know how to do it. And Paul, the apostle in Romans 7, tells us about his life and how he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I do do, I don't want to do those. And people struggle. They get off that fact right there and they go into, I wonder what that was. I wonder if he'd been a prevert before. Wonder, hey, can you imagine that Paul murdered Christians, probably included children and families, probably murdered little girls, little boys? Maybe he carried that with him. Maybe it wasn't physical at all. Maybe it was emotional. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't get rid of the past because of all those thoughts and stuff. He had to get his eyes on Jesus in order to get off the past. And then Jesus would take him and carry him through it. So what we want to do this morning is we want to talk about God's grace. God's grace. This is an empowerment message that will not only help change your life, but it will bring a new dimension of understanding so that you can be the new creation that God has entitled you to be called you to be, that you can actually start witnessing to people without going, oh my gosh, I don't know what they're going to do. Too many people wait till somebody's on their deathbed before they try to share the Lord with them. That's just a side passing note. I'm not getting on you, am I? I better get on you a little bit. But it's truthful. I'm not mean though, am I? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Paul's issues, we need to take that and understand that. Paul, the apostle, probably a little more spiritual than you and me. A little bit? At least a little bit, if not a whole lot. I mean, if you had experience like he did on the road to Damascus, Lord, who are you? I mean, that would shake your whole life up pretty good. Well, let's look at that and let's look at some other things. Paul ended up saying this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul had sought the Lord three times to take the thorn away from him, the thorn in the flesh, he called it. My grace, Jesus said, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I don't know about you, but I use a dose of that. I could use some power in my weakness. Mm -hmm. Perfect power. Therefore, I will boast, Paul's saying now, the quotation marks are gone. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Uh-oh, he had more than one. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, his thorn in the flesh, whatever that was, psychological or physical or 
Some people say he had poor eyesight because he had to write Lord's letters. That would maybe was one of them. I don't know. Maybe he had trauma from the past that he hadn't gotten through. Maybe he had this or that. I don't know. Maybe he was a porn addict. I don't know. In his own way. You know, carved into the caves there or something. But whatever it was, Jesus says, my strength is sufficient for you, my grace. And he said he boasted about his weaknesses because that shows Jesus Christ in our lives. I was an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. I was. I don't say I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm not putting anybody down. It's been through the 12-step program. I understand. That's fine. That's the way you got free. Praise the Lord. But I never went to one of those meetings, ever, except one time it was with somebody else to encourage them. But when I got delivered, I got delivered. When I became that new person, I still had problems. And that was my worst one. See, I didn't say I just had one. He cleaned up a lot of them at first, and then I had this one, and then after I got through with that, then he started doing all kinds of stuff. Then I went to the washing machine. That is so important that people understand I talk about my testimony not because I'm so good. No, I talk about my testimony because I was so weak that the power of Christ may rest on me and I glory in my infirmities knowing that He, His grace is sufficient. He gets all the glory I get all the fun. See, Jesus wants to glorify himself. Why? Because it's good for us. It's contagious. You know, if I just said, yeah, I just quit cold turkey. I've had people tell me that. If you did, fine, that's great. You probably weren't really an alcoholic. You are probably just a drunk. But the fact of it is, God gets glory when we, our weaknesses are swallowed up by grace. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the word sufficient, and um, it's, um, it, it's in the NIV, and uh, it's certainly in the King James. And I, I look it up in this online dictionary, American Dictionary of the English Language, and it talks about it enough, equal to the end proposed, adequate to wants, competent, as proficient as provision, sufficient for the family, etc. It actually quotes, um, you know, actually this is the Webster 1828. I'm getting a little mixed up here. This is Webster's 1828, um, written 200 years ago, right? Qualified, competent, possessing adequate talents or accomplishment as a man sufficient for an office. Number two, fit, able, of competent power or ability. And he quotes another uh, usage of 2 Corinthians 2.6. Now when I looked it up in a modern dictionary, it says that the complete, competent, the word competent is an archaic meaning. See, our language, is, it changes all the time. And we lose so much meaning sometimes in it by using the same word they used in English in our own country 200 years ago. And what we need to know is that 
No matter what it takes, God's grace is sufficient. It's competent. His power is competent. His ability, coming on my ability, is enough to do whatever it needs to be done. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference what your sin is, what your habit is, what your mouth has coming out of it all the time that needs to be washed with babo. That's an old cleanser. <laughs> babo, bubbling cleanser, something like that. I don't know. You know, I was in eighth grade one time. Yeah, was, I know it was the last millennium. I was in PE class, and one of the boys had a dirty mouth. So the coach marched him into the shower before the rest of us could go in and let us watch him have a mouth washed with soap. It would probably put that coach in jail today, I guess. But you know, I never heard that kid use a bad word again. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying he didn't in that class, for sure. And if I, it made an example, too, because I don't remember any of the other boys cussing in that class anymore. Because uh, we didn't want to look at that. Uh, he said, okay, now slosh it around your mouth. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But it was sufficient. It came and accomplished what it was sent to do. Praise God. His grace is sufficient. Why did Paul say that he would boast all the more gladly about his weaknesses? Because the ongoing treatment in our life by the Holy Spirit of his grace coming on us to take us from glory to glory to glory to glory, from faith to faith to faith to faith, working out our own faith, our own salvation, I mean, with fear and trembling. I don't want to miss anything. And then the thing that I told the Lord I was not going to do ever again, I did it. You know why? Because you haven't opened up enough for his grace to come in and burn it out of you. Too many times when we have a habit or something, what we do is we say, I'm not going to do it, 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 I'm not, just one more time. See, we're making, we're imprinting that what we're saying into our mind, making it our target, rather than keeping our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. When we teach addiction classes, we don't talk about not doing it. We talk about fleshing it out with the power of the word, the washing of the water of the word, replacing junk with the word of God. And we confess the Word of God what, the God, what God's Word says about it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who gave himself for me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And uh, I call those things that be not as though they were, just like my father of the faith Abraham called those things that be not as though they were. And I expect those things to come into my life because God's grace is sufficient to take care of me. Father, forgive me for my sins, for my past, and name it out, okay? There is power in repentance 
Because mercy is alive and well. That's important. Some people say, well, I just ask you to forgive me, I'll go. Repent. Change your thinking. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Think about what you want rather than what you don't want. You see, if I think about what I don't want, I'm building that target in my mind. Psychologists will tell you this. Uh, in some of the courses that I've taken in college, etc., you know, one of them was about child training. And it says, you know, don't tell your child, don't do that. Tell them what you want them to do. Instead of saying, don't get on the table. I need you to put your feet on the floor where they belong. Tell them what you want from them. You're talking to a three-year-old. Okay? He's not quite as smart as you are yet. That happens about four or so. But, but that's what's important in our lives. And to just say no sounds good, but it has no power in it. Grace has power to deliver. Okay? So... I know that the truth will make me free, but if I continue in his word, then I will know the truth. Or excuse me, if I continue his word, then I'll be his disciple. Then I'll know his, the truth, and the truth will make me free. We've got to go through a little process here. Okay? Dig it out of the scripture. Okay? Coming his disciple. The more I dig in the scripture, the more he's discipling me. Holy Spirit, thank you for being my mentor and other people in your life. What's what you're doing this morning? You're being discipled. I'm being discipled this morning. Because I've heard from God on this. And I love it. It helps me. It keeps me in check. So we're all learning this together. And then guess what? If one of us has a problem, we can go to the other one and say, I got a problem. And we can talk about it. The Bible says that we ask forgiveness from God and we're forgiven. But it says confess your false one to other that you may be healed. Yeah. Book of James. See, we, we want the easy road out. And sometimes God will give you the easy road. Sometimes somebody lay hands on you and pronounce the word and that's it. But sometimes there's something in it that you need to learn. So you don't jump back in the cesspool. And it doesn't have to be a cesspool. It can just be dirty water. That's bad, too. I don't want to drink dirty water. So I don't want to play in it, you know. I did that when I was 10. But the fact of it is, His grace is sufficient. We're going to learn some things this morning along those lines. A lot of people define God's grace as uh, God's unmerited favor. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's not enough. It's not distinct enough. It doesn't give enough uh, life in it, enough power in it, his unmerited favor. I know a guy one time that said he wouldn't pray over the food because everything he did was blessed. And several weeks later, he had food poisoning. i got to eat that stuff. I'm going to pray over it and believe God that it's sanctified. Whatever you receive the word thanksgiving and prayer, sanctified. That's the promise from God. Let's walk in it. Moving right along. How then, is, what is grace? Okay, and we went to the Bible for that. And here's some scriptures that will help you. 
And I'm going to mention some of these, and then we're going to show some of them on the board because I'm going to give you a Bible drill here, okay? So buckle your seat belts and be ready. Romans 12, Paul speaks from grace to grace in people. It's concerning the motivational gifts. That's the reason we need you. You're needed in the body of Christ because you have gifts I don't have. You have gifts that Pastor Kelly doesn't have. You have gifts that Brad doesn't have. You have gifts that Cammie doesn't have. We're not complete unless we're together. God has put all people in the body as it has pleased Him. Okay? So we need, we need you. We need you. You're needed. Don't want to uh, play football with, you know, no muscles. You want to play quarterback? Oh, well, that's for sure. That's for sure. I'm sure glad Jesus is the quarterback here. Ephesians 3, 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Somebody that tries to preach or teach that's not anointed going to be problems. Or somebody who tries to teach or preach in an area that they're not anointed, it's going to be problems. That's the reason I love to give you all a balanced diet. You'll hear from different people. We have John George coming in next month. He's going to do a men's breakfast because the men need it worse than women do. And then he's going to do church service. You ladies missed a good one. You go, Yay. <laughs> But uh, I think we're going to have something for the ladies coming up too pretty soon. Praise God. Uh, you've heard Doc Ely. You've heard Jerry Campers, Corey Smithy, uh, Pastor Kelly, of course. Uh, you've heard different people. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Cody. I mean, you, you hear some other voices coming to you that I believe we can trust. I didn't say they're perfect. I'm not either for sure. You already know that. But the fact is, they're anointed in their area to help you, to encourage you, and to give you truth. And that's what we want to do. And we're going to be doing a lot more exciting things like that. Um, Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I've already talked about that verse. That is a verse of verses right there. When I need help, I can run to God as a tall tower in time of need. Old Testament, New Testament, I can go to the throne room of grace. Oh my gosh. The king of the universe will allow me to come into the throne room? Yes, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The mercy of God allowed it. And now I need mercy, but I also need grace. I need to wipe that slate behind me clean, and I need the power to go through it. You know, it's like a warrior in a battle. He got shot. Okay, he goes to the hospital. He gets fixed up. He goes back out there, and he takes two guns rather than one this time or whatever. He's a little smarter. He gets back up there and goes after it. First Corinthians, some of those guys get shot five, six times because they don't quit. Ain't that right, Sarge? 
1 Corinthians 15, 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He had a different measure of grace than what any of us have. He had to prove a lot of things. The four Gospels gave us the Gospel. The epistles, and Paul wrote so many of those, took us back to those Gospels in a little different way and got more specific in certain ways. They were essential. He was a bulldozer in his own time. Romans 5, 20, 21 talks about grace increasing and that grace can reign through righteousness. 1 Peter 4, 10 says, God's grace in us serves others in its various forms. See, I might not be able in my own self to handle something that somebody needs, but His grace in me could take me there. Okay? Maybe it's my pride that has to be overcome. Because I used to think I was better than that person there. And God dealt with me on that and changed me. And it wasn't because I was so smart. It was because he's so powerful. That's important for every one of us. To know it. To admit it. I, I say... I try, I strain at trying to be truthful in everything I say with y'all. I really am. I was weak, but I learned I could say I'm strong in Him. In Him. Colossians 4, 6 says, Grace empowers our conversation, giving answers to others. Oh, that's a good one. For some of you uh, fraidy cats that don't want to tell anybody about Jesus. You need to read that, Colossians 4, 6. The righteous are bold as a lion. Go get them, pussycat. That's, that's what we could say. God makes lions out of pussycats. <laughs> I like it. Acts 14, 3. Grace enabled Paul and Barnabas to perform signs and wonders. Have you ever tried to heal a, a fly that had a broken wing? You can't do it, can you? Some of you probably tried it when you were little. Oh, Lord, please heal this fly. Somebody stand over there. Your mother stand over there with a the fly swatter. <laughs> okay, honey. See you later. <laughs> They've gone to a better place. No, flies don't go to heaven, praise God. But God enables us His super on our natural performs a supernatural. Did you get that one? Romans 5, 2, His grace by faith enables us to stand. I stand by His grace. And I promise you, the trials may come. The trials are going to go. But during those trials, 
God's grace is sufficient. And he will keep you through that trial. And you folks know what I'm talking about. We come out stronger, better than before. Look like Jeremy and Sarge and all these guys. Jerry, all these guys. Not not you, Brad, yet. Yeah. That, you know, these iron pumpers. Praise God. Maurice, you got some. You don't have that strong, 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 extra strong look, but you got it. I know you do. You better watch him. James 4, 6 and 1 Peter 5, 5. Love it. God resist the proud. Resist there means stands against. God stands against the proud. A proud person is anybody who thinks more of himself than he should. And that means that you've either got, look what I did, pride. If I did this, I came here that one time and I bought them 40 acres and they were all messed up. But look what I did with it. Yeah. It's God's dirt. It's God's sun. It's God's rain. (laughs) So what you got left to say about that? He stands against the proud. It also has to do with people going, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Give God's grace a chance to kick in. See what you're good enough to do. There's a guy down in Texas. Actually, he he came to, he was my assistant. A little different position than Kelly had, but he was my assistant. The guy had a speech impediment. But he knew more scripture than anybody in the church, so nobody made fun of him. He used to talk real funny. But he'd say, the Lord said, and you know, you're getting ready to hear something from the Lord. Great guy. We all loved him and uh, all better off to have known him. He's down around Mexico now and preaching to the people at the border. Has been for a number of years. That's great. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble. What's humble? Looking at yourself the same way God does. Knowing that I am what I am. And my strengths and weaknesses as a human and as the abilities that God has given me through grace. You're not a normal person. When you're born again, you become a member of the family of God, a child of God, empowered by the grace of God to do the miraculous, to speak it, to preach it, to lay hands on the sick, to be able to set people apart, to let the wisdom of God flow through your lips. You are a new creation, created in the image of God for right righteousness and good works you're a peculiar people but that means peculiarly good in the ways that you have of flowing in your life that you're strange to some people i used to think christians were a little strange if they were really on fire for god now if they were just church attenders that's a little different story that's just like me except i'm saying i was a sinner and they said that they weren't but we all sinning 
I used to laugh at people and get drunk on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and go to church on Sunday morning. They're okay. We've got power and ability over that to become what God has made us in spite of what we've made ourselves. I want to tell you this for sure. Walking in these two verses, that grace empowering you and you start getting used to that in your life, then you will find out grace multiplies itself. Grace multiplies itself because you start acting like the family of God rather than just a religious person. Instead of a Sunday go to meeting person, you're a living child of God 24-7, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the very works of God. That's who God made you. That's who He has called to do works of righteousness. That's who He believes in. God believes in you. He believes that you are able because He has given you the grace and the sufficiency to be able to do the things that He's called you to do, that He's written in His book for you to do, and to be who He's made you to be. This is not some kind of a fable. It's not some kind of a history lesson. This is the real living God living in us, walking us, talking in us, and performing the things that he wants to do to reach other people, to keep them from going to hell, and to keep them from having a bad life in this life. God is a miracle worker, and he wants to work miracles in you so he can work miracles through you. He wants to bring his wisdom to you so he can get it through you. We want all these people, the family of God, to go out and be buzzwords for the body of Christ, the, the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, laying hands on the sick, raising the dead. Praise God. Don't put any limits on God. Smith Wigglesworth did 13 of those in his lifetime. Couldn't even read until he got a hold of the Bible. And his wife sat down with him. He taught, the, taught him to read the Bible. That's all he ever read. That'll mess your old thinking up. I said, that'll mess your old thinking up. Think about what all you ever read was the Bible where you would be. Heard the good stuff in there, huh? Yep. Praise God. Let's close with Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, that's you. Take this personally. Not the person sitting next to you. Take this personally. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Disobedient. Though now those are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Verse 4. But, everybody say, but, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, Thank you, big daddy, we, for making a song out of that. Rich in mercy. 
made us alive, made us alive, made us alive. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. With Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus. It's not pride to say, I am seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Can we get this through our heads? Well, I don't see you sitting there. That's being silly. That's my legal position. My legal position in the universe is I'm seated together with Christ in heavenly realms. That's better than five PhDs. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He will make you what you need to be. I can't do it myself. I can't do it myself. I can yield and I can believe him. I'm saved by grace through faith. And if you want God's grace, you need to get out your faith book. Start reading it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans 10. Yes. God has more for you than you can think or imagine. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared for us to do good works, but before we could do good works, He had to make us a new creation. And then he will do the works through us. He didn't save you because you're a hot rod. Or an exotic car with 800 horsepower. You've only got 150 horsepower under your hood. i got 810 in mine. Yeah, that means you can wrap yourself around a pole faster than I can. Created for good works. Eternal works, everlasting works, just to be able to share the good news with somebody, to see their life turn around, to know that they're heaven bound means everything. We should celebrate on that. I I love that song we did, uh, Homecoming. That welcomes everybody back. All the people have gone astray, everybody that's messed up, everybody that's turned around from God, everybody who's given up on God, everybody who's fallen back into adultery and drunkenness and drug usage and all those things, all a bit of it, God says, welcome, come on back here. Let's get it straightened out. It says that the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he ran home. See, here's the deal. We need to come to ourself every day. God, show me what you want to show me about me. He will. 
think I've shared the story. Uh, Brother Ted Roberts, when he was a young guy, he and his wife were being mentored by this older lady. And he was just a baby Christian. Ted Roberts, a great man of God. And he, he, this lady at the end of one of their meetings one day, Bible study meeting, she goes, Ted, how would you like me to give you a prayer that you can ask God and every time he'll answer it? Yeah. She said, here it is. Say, Lord, what is there you want to change in me today? Lord, what is there you want to change in me today? You ought to try it. It works. Yep. Yep. Well, that went over like a pregnant pole, Walter. <laughs> Verse 10 again, we are God's workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a call on your life. You are an ambassador for Christ Jesus. You are a minister of reconciliation. His grace is sufficient. Grace is a key to ministry. In fact, grace is essential to ministry. We do not live as the world lives. We do not live as we used to live. We live by grace through faith. If you need more grace, read the Word of God and build your faith up. And He'll give it to you. Some of you have had issues. In fact, uh, let's see, who hasn't had issues? Right off the hand, the only person I can think of is my two-year-old great-granddaughter, and I don't think hers are, she probably has a few she thinks, but he's pretty innocent. But as far as we go, I think we all would know that we have issues. Some of us have issues right this second that you're thinking about. God has the key of grace to bring you to that point where you'll ask for his mercy and you'll turn it over to him and he will set you free. Some of us have had issues that we've been playing with. Oh, that got the attention. I'm going to get used to this one of these years ahead. Oh, well, this little issue right here, I'll work on it, you know, next week. And this little thing is growing all the time. And this cute little kitten is now, I got you. I got you. That's what we've petted and we didn't throw it out when we should have. It may be stronger now, but that's okay. His grace is thank you. Jesus had an issue. Huh? Jesus had an issue? Yes. He had to work out his humanity. It's called Gethsemane. It's bigger and tougher than anything you've ever faced. Anything I've ever faced. He did work it out, the cross, so that we could receive grace, the empowerment to be who we're supposed to be.
who we technically are, we just haven't manifested it yet. The Word of God says that you're a minister of reconciliation. The Word of God says you're an ambassador of Christ Jesus. Well, did you put that little button on your collar today or on your blouse or your shirt? I am a minister of reconciliation. I am an ambassador for Christ Jesus. No, just go do it. Don't tell everybody that way. Just go do it. And they'll see it. They'll see the wisdom coming from your words. They'll, they'll see the love of Jesus oozing from your heart. They'll see that you're coming with, a, with a, a, an awareness of love and compassion. And that you're releasing compassion in these. Can you or can't you? Whichever you believe is true. Henry Ford says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> so what do you believe? What will you receive by grace through faith? To see what God has made you, the unsearchable riches of Christ. I am called by Him for good works. I am called for Him to glorify Him, to praise Him, to honor Him, and to get people brought to Him. I am called to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because He who knew no sin became sin so I could be that. Yeah. I'm called to live with Him forever. So I probably ought to take some more people with me to be able to live with him forever too. That's what I am. I will produce after my own kind. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. And I don't care what your addiction is. I don't care what the problem of it is. I don't care how many times you've been hurt. Bring it to the cross. Receive mercy and take his grace to take you beyond that. We've all had issues. This, this world today... Every time I look, I don't even know why I look at the news. I look at the news to see if the world's blown up. I looked at it this morning, and it's a, there's a pro-life uh, rally at one of the colleges in the country, and there's an Antifa counter-rally. And people in Antifa are going, F your God. I never would have thought that I'd hear that in America. Folks, those people have no idea what they're saying. They have no idea what they're saying. They just want to oppose. That's one reason we're going to be praying this Wednesday night because the call to prayer was way before we knew about this one particular situation. And there's billions more out there, literally. And we're going to do our part. And I think we're going to share probably the next couple of Wednesdays after that. We'll probably do some prayer along those lines too. But share kind of like Lakita mentioned this morning uh, with some revival history. And it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun, I promise you, just hearing what God has done in bygone days. I can't wait till we get into World War II and we hear what happened in England against German airplanes. Uh, there's those many stories. Kelly knows exactly what I'm talking about. Brad knows what I'm talking about. We've read a book and it's all documented in there. I am, I am so full of God's need. I can't, I, I, that's not right. God doesn't need anything. I am so full of God's desire for us to ride piggyback with him. 
and it will be good for you. I'm not trying to put anything on you, no condemnation whatsoever. I've blown it a gazillion times too. But I want to encourage you to really learn how to enjoy kingdom things. And it, it, it's such a tremendous blessing, uh, just like it is to raise your hands and to sing worship songs, or just like it is to read the Word and the Holy Spirit comes in there with you and shares with you, just like it is to, to take a little child and pick them up and tickle them or whatever you do. It, it's fun. And that's the kingdom of God. So we need to take advantage of what God has done in our lives and what He wants to do and continues to do. God is so awesome. We're just getting a little glimpse of that. And we need to walk further into it. We need to jump into the deep water. It's going to be a great ride. And I want to encourage you just during the week, see an opportunity for evangelism. Take some of those, um, my, my last tattoo tracks with you. We've got more than what's on the counter there. Uh, you see a teenager, give them one of those. It'll, I'll guarantee you it'll perk curiosity. And uh it, it gives them salvation plan too. By the way, don't get nervous if you're anti-tats, that's okay, because it's talking about a special tat. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until you read it yourself, because you need to read it before you give it out. And if you're pro-tat, just take advantage of that. But it's a tat that I believe all of you will agree with. I don't know about that stuff. It's okay. Open your understanding a little bit. Open your ears, shut your mouth, read the little pamphlet, and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. And I, believe, I praise you for this beautiful congregation that you're building. Beautiful group of people that love you, that care for you, that are hungry for you, that are thirsty after righteousness' sake, that want to reach the people around them, that want to uh, be a, a, a witness where they work and where they go to school and all of the things that are necessary, just to live the life with you and to be clean and to be refreshed and to know that uh, you will give us the power and ability to stand in the midst of adversity or circumstances. And you will give us the uh, power by your grace not to get in some of the stupid stuff that we used to get into. God, we give you praise and the glory and the honor. We do it all in the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we believe for a great move of God in the Oklahoma City area, in this country. And we thank you for performing it, Father. You're always able to do more than we can think or ask according to the power that works in us. Oh, glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said. Yeah. <laughs>